Hi and welcome once again to our daily devotion podcast. We're going to talk today about anxiety, but not the ordinary kind of anxiety. Instead, we're going to talk about the anxiety that comes through trying to enjoy ourselves. (laughs) Isn't that an irony? Anxiety over enjoyment. Let's first read the passage. It's from Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 to 34. Matthew six twenty five to 34 Let's pray. Father, you love us so much. You don't want us to worry ourselves sick. You want us instead to have an abundant life, to enjoy the life that you give us. Even as we follow you as your disciples, as we learn the way of the light, easy yoke and the light load, Father, then teach us, Lord, give us, bring us to our senses and teach us your ways. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 to 34. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air, they do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not so much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The leisure, pleasure and entertainment industry is a very large one. Have you ever been to a travel fair? I went to a couple of them a couple of times in the past few years. The last few years they were either held at Suntec City or at the Singapore Expo. And my goodness, they're packed with thousands and thousands of people. Looking at the crowds, you would have thought that half of the Singapore population was trying to escape the country. For sure, we are all travel bugs. But it's not just travelling that we go for. These days, most good restaurants require reservations. And not the kind of same-day reservations either. And pubs and clubs are just booming with business. And go to the malls on weekends and you see crowds. We must muse that these days Singaporeans have nowhere else to go. Can't escape to Malaysia for the weekend or fly off further away. So we crowd the restaurants and shopping malls. A friend visited several luxury car showrooms recently and reported that they were packed. It was as though Singaporeans were desperate to each get a luxury car. I really have no objections to our wanting to enjoy ourselves travelling or eating and drinking well or buying a toy or two. I've crazily queued up an hour 
and a half of chicken rice balls in Malacca. There are lots of stalls selling chicken rice balls in Malacca, but there is only one that we would eat from. And the hour and a half wait wasn't the only wait. Getting a space to park our car there was the other nightmare. And that's the point I'm getting to, the nightmare. Think for a moment how much of your anxiety stem from your quest for pleasure and enjoyment. Do you worry a lot about getting to that long-awaited holiday? First applying for leave. You worry about whether your boss will approve your leave or whether your colleagues will compete with you for the coveted slot. And then when you've gotten your leave approved, you worry about whether the air tickets and hotels are still available and at the prices you can afford. And that's just the start. And then you worry about getting the best seats on the plane, and when you reach your destination, whether the hotel reserved decent rooms for you, and then the daily chase for places and attractions you want. My family and I went to Disneyland some while studying in the US. It was quite an experience. The long queues, trying to get onto the fast lanes. Much of what I remember about the place was about whether or not we had gotten our money's worth of rides and attractions there. A former colleague of mine was frequently going for holidays overseas. I commented that he was living it up. He gave me a woeful look and said, Wife insists, ma, so I go law. The poor man looked so miserable. Another friend also travelled a lot and she told me I hate travelling. I hate not eating the food I'm used to. I hate being herded around by my tour guide. I hate sleeping on an unfamiliar bed or bathing in a strange bathroom. So I asked her, then why do you go? Her answer flawed me somewhat. Because my husband says this is the way to enjoy life. There is only one thing I look forward to when I go for holidays. It is coming home. And it's not just the stress from going on holidays. The expectation of enjoyment from meals, parties, celebrations, clothes, toys also sometimes drive us crazy. A very close friend of mine nearly took her life out of depression, partly exacerbated by the expectation that Christmas is to be a time of enjoyment and joy and fulfilment. A neighbour on my block actually took his life on Chinese New Year. This quest for enjoyment also takes a long-term toll on us. I wonder how many of us have made plans for an idyllic retirement. We all have friends who tell us how enjoyable retirement is when we have enough money to travel and enjoy our sunset years. And so we slave for many years just so we can have more than enough to spend. Not just for subsistence but to enjoy our last few years with luxury and travel. But I do wonder if the stress of those years of slaving away actually takes years of health away from us instead. It's this anxiety of enjoyment that I want to talk about today. If you have never had anxiety over the quest for enjoyment, then you won't need to listen any further today. But if you are one of those few or many who angst much over your holidays, return from your holidays exhausted, or fret over your clothes and the impression you create with your dressing, or worry about saving enough for an enjoyable retirement, then perhaps you can find some relief from what Jesus teaches. Jesus starts by saying, do not worry. So, it is about worrying that Jesus wants to address. He has no objection to eating or drinking or dressing per se. 
He cares about your state of mind and health and doesn't want you to worry. When Jesus talks about food, drink and clothes, I do not think he's simply talking about subsistence. Few people he spoke to were actually worried about starving or being naked. I think he was addressing people on the issue of enjoyment, eating well, drinking well and dressing well. In yesterday's passage, he was also talking about treasures, storing up treasures. So obviously he was talking about people who had money. Treasures that will rot, treasures that will decay, treasures that will be stolen, and yet it is treasures that they have. And then Jesus' reference to the splendor of Solomon and how pagans run after food, drink, and others, and clothes. Clearly Jesus was not talking about just finding enough food for the day. Rather, he was talking about the anxiety over our having a good time, the anxiety over how to enjoy ourselves. And Jesus cares that we do not worry ourselves so much over these things. Jesus argues that the reason we should not worry about food and clothing is because life is more than that. God wants to give us an abundance of life, not less. This means that God wants to give us more enjoyment more pleasure than food, clothes and holidays can give us. The Christian life is not dull and boring. It is meant to be far more pleasurable than we can imagine. But if we keep on being anxious about how we are to enjoy ourselves, we miss out on the enjoyment that God gives us. Jesus then paints a picture of the carefree life that birds have. Birds have to labour every day, of course. But each morning they rise to forage for food. But they are not anxious. They enjoy the moment and the time of foraging is full of song. Enjoying the moment. That's something we lose when we are rushing about to make sure we get the most enjoyment. Isn't that so ironic? The more we want to maximise our enjoyment, the less enjoyment we have. Some years ago, my family and I planned a driving trip to Malacca. I planned to leave the home very early so we could reach Malacca early and have more time to play. But because of many delays, we left the house an hour later. That got me into a rather tense mood already. Then of course when you leave late, the jam at the causeway grows and by the time we reach the causeway, the line had become very long. That delayed us a lot more. So by the time we cleared the causeway, I was in a more foul mood. I tried to drive faster, but of all things, I found myself behind a convoy of armoured vehicles travelling at a ridiculously slow pace. By then I was mentally screaming at God. Why did God have to let this happen on a day when I had planned a full and wonderful holiday? And then it rained. Actually it stormed. And all of a sudden I heard a loud bang. Two of my tyres had blown. I found out later that I had not changed my tyres on time. I sat in the car in the pouring rain with no idea how to call a tow truck on a Malaysian highway and on a Sunday. I guess my anger had given way to depression by then. And then I felt a prompting from the Holy Spirit. Mingli, enjoy the moment. It seemed almost ridiculous to enjoy the moment, but I responded and asked God, how do I do that? The prompting went on, look at Jeannie and Kim. Enjoy your time with them. I paused and then started joining in the conversation. After a very short time, a tow truck appeared. 
I was immediately suspicious as I had not called for a tow truck and I'd heard stories of how unscrupulous car workshops would flee stranded travellers. But I had no choice as I really didn't know what to do. So I prepared for a huge fleecing. To my surprise, the workshop charged me a very reasonable rate, way below what I would have paid for back in Singapore. I ended up changing all four tyres. But what surprised me more than anything else was that throughout the wait, we were all enjoying ourselves chatting with each other. We finally left the workshop and went on our journey a full five hours later than I had planned. But we were enjoying ourselves so much, it felt like the holiday had begun hours earlier. God wants us to enjoy our lives. But enjoyment of life does not involve being worried about getting the best deal, getting, maximizing our time, chasing after pleasure. It comes with allowing God to teach us things. So now we look at clothes and adornment. Bible tells us, Jesus says, Why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labour or spin, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendour was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown in the fire, how much will he not how much more will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Once again I believe that the clothing here is not about just having something to keep you warm. It has to do with adornment of splendour. As Jesus compares flowers, one-day flowers, to King Solomon, he talks about the splendor of King Solomon, which is exceeded by the beauty of flowers. And so here Jesus is talking about looking good, looking attractive. And so here's the question. What makes a person attractive? Does good clothes, beautiful clothes, grand clothes, expensive clothes, draw a person to another. So let me ask you, what makes, what draws you to another person? What makes you attracted to another person? I'm not talking about life partners and all that. I'm just talking about what makes it easy for you to reach out, to talk to another person or feel good with another person. I don't think clothes has very much to do with it. Sometimes when some a person is dressed too regally and too expensively, you actually feel scared and intimidated by that person. What is it that draws you, in a person that draws you to him or her? I think it's a warm personality. A person who is interested in you and asks you good questions to show that he really cares for you. Perhaps an accepting person, often less formal, easy, kind, gentle. The Bible tells us about a woman that is far more to be treasured than far, whose character one of being gentle and kind and quiet, being far better than one who's adorned with jewels. You see, it's not the jewelry or the clothes that make a person beautiful. God says that how much more will he clothe you? God is not talking about clothing you with beautiful clothes. God is talking about clothing you with character, 
with kindness, with gentleness, with attractiveness, something that draws people to you. So when we talk about, when we worry so much about how attractive we look in our clothes, perhaps we need to pause and ask ourselves, does that really make us attractive? Or does the character, the beauty, the gentleness, the kindness in our character make us attractive to another? And so, God calls us then to seek first, in verse 33, to seek first His kingdom and His righteousness. And all of these things will be added, given to us as well. Kingdom of God, as we learned a couple of weeks ago, is not a country over us, but the kingdom of God is within us. It is God's rule in our hearts. And so what Jesus is saying is, seek for God to teach you, seek for God to rule in your heart, to teach you things. This is the most important thing, peace of God that rules in our hearts. And so here are some things to, to think about. First, ask God to teach you how to enjoy your life. Perhaps ask God to teach you patience, compassion, meekness, and peace. Just a few days ago, I was rushing for an enjoyable appointment, but I was super late. And there I was in heavy traffic. I found myself scolding quietly in my mind, scolding other drivers, cursing at other drivers and saying, what's slow? Why is this driver so stupid? Why is he driving so slowly? Why is he road hogging? And I was driving like a madman, cutting in and refusing into someone else's lane, refusing to let others cut into my lane. Just anxious and angry, eager though to reach my appointment where I would have a good time, but getting myself all worked up. And suddenly as I was doing that, I heard again the Spirit say to me, Mingli, be meek. I remember I talked about meekness just a couple of days ago and this message came strong, Mingli, be meek. Suddenly I came to my senses and I slowed down. I figured if someone was going to cut into my lane, the person could just cut into my lane. I figured that if I had to be slow on the slow lane and not keep shifting lanes, that that was being meek, that was being compassionate, then I would. But before long, I found my, my composure changed completely. No longer was I anxious, no longer was I in a foul mood. I just enjoyed the drive and by the time I reached the appointment, sure I was late. But I had a wonderful time because God had prepared my spirit to enjoy the event, the occasion. You see, these are the many things, over these three weeks we have learned many things about what is precious to God and what is important to our lives. Peacemakers, God says, the merciful, the meek, the poor in spirit, the compassionate, the patient. Would we allow God to teach us these things and to let his peace rule in our hearts? Secondly, consider carefully what pursu which pursuits of enjoyment make you anxious and stressed. As I mentioned earlier, there are some, there's some things that make us just so stressed. Part of it is overspending. I remember I had to make a difficult choice when I bought a car. There was this car that I, seemed so enjoyable, but then when I thought about the installment payments that I had to make, sure, I could still afford it, but 
man, it would cut down on so many things. It would put a stress, a strain on me each time I had to pay the installments. I thought to myself, sure, I can afford it, but really, do I want it? Shouldn't I buy something that is more payable, more affordable, and then enjoy my life? It's the same for holidays. Sometimes you have grand plans to go on a fantastic holiday. But it's bringing you a lot of stress having to apply for a super long leave when you know that your colleagues are not going to be happy, that your boss will probably not approve it. Do you really want to do all that? Perhaps a simpler holiday might suffice. It's the same for all other things. Restaurants, queues, drinks. Ask yourself first that question. How much anxiety does this enjoyment cause you, cost you? If it doesn't cost you a lot of anxiety, go ahead and enjoy it. But if it does, be wise. How much suffering do you want to take just so that you can enjoy yourself? And third then, believe that God wants you to enjoy your life. And so every moment God wants you to enjoy your life, believe it or not, even when you suffer, there is joy. The apostles in the book of Acts, after they were whipped and punished, they left jumping with joy because they were counted worthy to suffer for Christ. Maybe you say that's a different kind of joy. I don't know because to me, anything that makes your heart leap is joy, is enjoyment. And there is pleasure in it. And so look at your present circumstances. Look at the people around you. Are there ways and avenues where you could just enjoy yourself without worrying yourself over forms of enjoyment? Sitting down with your family over a simple meal and really looking at them and enjoying their presence, enjoying the conversations. You find yourself a lot happier doing that. Look at things around you. How has God arranged them that you might really enjoy yourself? I want to close with this story. It may seem very unrealistic to all of you, and yet it is not, because it encapsulates what full enjoyment is about, having God rule in your hearts and make that difference. I mentioned a story about Dom last week, about Dom whom um, was very upset with one of his servers. Dom was a, uh, an inmate in death row. But you know, Dom, after one year in jail, was finally facing his execution. Just a week before his execution, we had a long chat about life, about the one year and about the years before that. And Dom said with tears in his eyes, and he said, you wouldn't believe it, Ming Li, but this year was the best year I ever had. I never enjoyed myself so much than in this year. You must remember that Dom had lots and lots of pleasures. He dined in restaurants, he had many women, he had great fun, went to discos. He, he just lived it out, so he thought. But that one year in prison, waiting for his execution, as he put it, was the best year of his life. Not because he was the purest, of course he, he was pure then, but, but the real reason was God's presence with him. And then Dom continued and he said, 
When I get to heaven, I'm going to cry like a baby. I was surprised and asked him, why? Why would you be crying? And he said, those will be tears of joy. This one year, I experienced so much love and pleasure and joy from Jesus. The Bible says that this is just a foretaste of the real thing. I just can't imagine what the real thing is. All I know is that if the present has given me so much joy, the real thing will bring me to tears, tears of joy. I seek that too. I want to see that God and I believe that God wants my enjoyment every day, every moment. My enjoyment doing my work, even in this podcast. My enjoy spending time, enjoyment spending time with my family. My enjoyment spending time with each of my colleagues and really enjoying the life and the goodness of my colleagues. The joy of talking to my church members and enjoying every bit of it. You know, these days when I go for every meeting, I say, God, make me a blessing and let me be blessed. And each time I pray that way, I find every encounter a refreshing, rejuvenating encounter. And there I find joy and pleasure and enjoyment. Why don't you do the same when you you wake up and you're going to have time with your children? Sometimes you're tense about teaching your children or disciplining them. Why don't you ask God first? Let me enjoy myself as I play, as I talk with my children, as I teach my children. Help me to enjoy myself when I talk with my spouse. Help me enjoy myself and be a blessing when I get to work and talk with my colleagues. Let us all be mutually blessed. If you pray that way, you may discover that with God's rule in your heart, there is so much more enjoyment you can have than that of going for holiday, having good food, having good drinks. I'm not saying that these are wrong. I'm not even telling you to stop them. But as you discover the real enjoyment of God's rule in your life, maybe some of these things will be less important. It's fine too. But you will discover how much pleasure God wants to give to you. Let us pray. Father, you care so much for us. You don't just want us to be stoical and stern and unhappy and bored. You want us to live life to the fullest. You want us to be full of joy. You want to give us pleasures that cannot be described, pleasures indescribable. You want to give us the desires of our hearts. These are all the promises that you've given to us, Lord. God, then, Help us to see that you are a loving Father who wants to give us all a good time. But Lord, stop us from finding it ourselves. Stop us from all this anxiety of maximizing our enjoyment. And instead to turn to you and say, God, give me that full life. Help me to enjoy the company of others and that the others will enjoy my company as well. Help me to be a blessing and in return be blessed as well. Father, you know what we need. You know that we need pleasure and joy and enjoyment in our lives. Thank you, Lord, that you give that to us. 
as we turn to you and rest in you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well then, I hope that you have a really enjoyable time this today. Meet you again tomorrow. Bye.